0: What's up? My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, martial artist, father, surfer, retired MMA fighter, and Kaju instructor. And you're watching or listening to the SGWA podcast broadcasted from Kasai City, Japan. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for checking out Social Jello with Angelo. Today I interview Claudio Austria. He is a Kaju practitioner. And um, he shares his Kaju journey and his martial arts journey. A lot of great stuff in this episode. Stay tuned for the wrap-up to learn how you can support the show. And let's get this thing on the road. All right. Well, uh, Claro, Austria, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Um, Thank you for having me. I guess... The way I always get things started, I, I always mention, and I mentioned it off camera, I'll mention it on camera. I, I'm not big on rank mostly because I'm, I'm really bad at remembering stuff. So, because <laughs> of my own memory issues, got hit in the head one too many times. So, like, but uh, I mean, if you don't mind sharing with everyone, well, uh, you are a Kaji Kembo practitioner, is that correct?
1: I am. Okay, cool. Uh, um, I started in the uh, early 80s. And I received my black belt uh, from Sifu Faircloth, who is now Professor Terry Faircloth, an 8th degree black belt. Um, and I was with Sifu for quite a while. I ran the school with him as well, and before I moved on to go to college. Uh, but I continued training um, in, in Aikido at the time. I think it was with, with all that Steven Seagal movie stuff. I got into it and Sifu was into it. so. I decided to look into it. So I was in Japan teaching English and I stayed for two years, got my black belt from Ryuji Sakamoto who was actually at the time I didn't know was a young uh, master in Aikido. And uh, he kind of showed me the ropes and uh, you know, showed me I really didn't know what I thought I knew. So that I hung on to like learning uh, Aikido but at some point I had to leave the country and moved back to the States. And I kept trying to understand the Aikido art um, from different teachers. So I searched and searched and searched, uh, even went all the way to Los Angeles and found Haruo Matsuoka sensei, who uh, was a student of Steven Seagal's. And he's in all the Steven Seagal movies in the earlier days. Uh, I was with him for four years. And Imaizumi sensei here in New York for almost seven years, I think before this, before I moved on, uh, and 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 Imaizumi Sensei is um, one of the original uh, students of Weshiba, uh, actually. So uh, yeah, so I was always doing Kaju Kembo in some ways offsite. I was also teaching uh, a student of mine who is a black belt. Um, I'd I'd like to yeah, mm, things bore me very easily, so. I like to like, um, uh, when I'm interested in something, I, I I go and check it out, you know, I'll go to a, a judo school and I'll watch, see what they're doing, see if I want to hang out there for a while, or even an MMA school or BJJ school, you know, things like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a very... No, yeah, no, no, that's a very casual thing to do, right? <laughs> we- <laughs> We get we get I, I, we get bored easily. Like if you, if you just I, I love <laughs> boxing, but if I have to do boxing six days a week, I, I just get bored. Like I, I want to kick something. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of my questions, uh, I was going to ask you also what and I, again I'm not big on rank, but what is your rank in Kajukenbo?
1: Uh I am currently an eighth degree right. uh, Professor Faircloth promoted me just. Was it a year, two years ago? I'm that, getting probably Was it the pandemic? That's,
0: that's, that's professor then, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah.
1: So oh. I'm a professor as well. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. That's... Who does not want to be promoted grandmaster. That's his own business. I don't know. That, yeah.
0: It's, it's,
1: so I said, okay. I said, <laughs> we're all going to die soon anyway. So. so I think it's his way of like preserving uh, the legacy and his art moving on so that if something did happen uh, I'll be able to help the other students his students uh, uh, continue to grow within the art
0: well you hit a lot of points like so quickly I have so many questions now <laughs> so I guess let's go back let's go back to the to the 80s let's, let's go there um, so you said you started doing uh, Kaju Kembo in the 80s. Yeah. And where, where did you start doing Kaju Kimbo in the 80s? Where were you at that point?
1: I was in Federal Way, Washington, which is in between Seattle and Tacoma. Okay. okay. <laughs> Just drive by. It's there someplace. Um, and I've always wanted to do uh, martial arts, watching Bruce Lee movies, 1970s, things like that. I got into a lot of fights when I was in school. I always got picked on. So... Um, uh, I really, really wanted to to learn martial arts and I didn't know how to go about it. Um, so we even went to downtown Seattle one time. We ran into a hungar school, you know, where they were selling the weapons and whatnot. I don't know if you've ever been to Seattle. And my father was like bragging. He says, oh yeah, he can do nunchucks. But I couldn't. And, um, and we decided not to go there because it was too far from where we lived. And then, uh, I joined wrestling in seventh grade because oh, wow. I really needed, you know, I was like very physical. I, I wanted to move around. Um, but then after that season, uh, it was during the summer that I had discovered Sifu Freckloth school in some basement somewhere in Federal Way. Oh, okay. And uh, I started there and I thought, cool, I can finally learn martial arts here. And, uh, and it was at that time, not, very, it's not very expensive but it was kind of cheap and I had a, a, a paper route <laughs> so I paid my seafood with uh, dollar bills and <laughs> you, you still think that's kind of funny but uh, that's how I started you know <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I ended up um, I ended up practicing with him and and he was very interested in entering the tournament circuit in forms um, it was because uh, the school was very small and he was really teaching and there weren't any kids at all. Like my brother and I were probably the youngest and maybe one other guy. So we were learning with like adults.
0: And how old were you? I was about 14, 15. 14, 15, all right. So you were doing, you did, um, you said you did wrestling first though. I did wrestling first. Wow, and a lot of people, I mean, I know like you look at the traditional martial arts mindset, um, I think it's changed a lot recently. But yeah. um, I, I would argue now that that wrestling is a you know is a martial art. So you it can, <laughs> yeah, it is. I would argue, yeah, I would argue that. Martial, I know some traditionalists would say differently, and no offense to traditionalists. But um,
1: uh, if you ever listen to Seiko uh, O'Dakoskas talk about the 1980s, he created a video where he talks about the six ranges or seven ranges of of uh, fighting. You know, grappling is the closest range. Yeah. That's what happens when you let the guy in too close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can't
1: argue about it. You just got to start hitting him or start wrestling or something. Throw him. It's yeah,
0: and that, that you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, and here I go again with the, with, the, with the titles. We're just gonna say uh, we're gonna say here. Okay, actually, I looked this one up because I knew this. I knew that L. De was gonna come up. Gra- yeah. gra- Grandmaster. Grandmaster. Oh, I-
1: the great grand, a uh, senior Great, grand great senior. <laughs> <laughs> senior. Call him C while, we call them CWO.
0: Okay. I, I can't. I don't know him. So I've gotta go with senior. I'm gonna go with senior grandmaster on this one. But uh, you know, he 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 mentions the, the the ranges of combat um for those people that listen to this that come from MMA and, and BJJ, you know that this is this is not unfamiliar to those folks either. Uh this is the same thing that the Gracies were talking about in their in their work as well, as the ranges of combat combat uh in particularly um I think it was Royce Gracie that goes into a and really dives into the ranges of combat and more into the anime side of that so there's a links right there so you started with wrestling and you were the only teenager in the class. so how was that you're in there with a bunch of adults How did that there were like
1: three of us, three of us, my brother and some other guy. Um, I don't mean, it know, was, it was intimidating, but it, I, I really wanted to learn, you know. Um, uh, I wasn't really scared of, like, people's heights, um, because I, I did get into fights when I was in school, unfortunately. Um, so, I just wanted to learn. My, at Sifu, I think at the time, I didn't even speak as much English as I do now. Uh, Sifu used to, like, make fun of me, goes, so... I want to learn Kung Fu, you know, he still says that with an accent. I was like, yeah, whatever. But when he taught at that time, it was very traditional. It was like the way he was taught by uh, Sifu uh, Joseph Clark. You know, you, you stand in front of the mirror and you do your first basics, you know, and if you get that down, you'll come back and, and, you, and you go with the next basics. He'll show you the next basics and you got that down, you know, the upward block, and then you got that down, the stances and then the kicks and then a form. You know, and then you go to the street sets. That's how we taught at that time. It was very, very traditional. You know, long horse stances, walk, and, and, and the physicality. It was, uh, you, you had to do all the physicality, you know, all the hundreds of push ups, the sit ups, the horse, yeah, whatever, hitting the bags. Uh, they have this one exercise because I think Joseph Clark uh, was into chit uh, kung do and boxing as well. So you stand in the corner and you got these guys with gloves and they would hit you you know, and you'd have to like do this and you had to block, cover your center, things like that. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was tough training, um, but I, I, was, I was kind of, um, I wasn't intimidated because I, 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 I took wrestling and wrestling was tough. You know, you had to do lines, you had to climb a rope that was like, I don't know, uh, 10, 20 feet high and come down um, before you even begin wrestling you know what I mean? You had to do all these, um, uh, physical exercises that were very, very rough. Um, so I was kind of used to it and, and, and my body like craved it, wanted it after a while. So I always had to go to class. Um, I got so much into it that I, I, I decided to quit wrestling. My wrestling coach tried to like, get me back and I was like, ah. I got so busy because Sifu was getting us um, involved in tournament um, forms and we were doing very well. After a while, we were, we were placing first, second or third. We, we never, you know, never got anything less than first, second or third. So we, we, I, I just kept going with that. Um, yeah. And then I liked the, the self-defense because I got into fights. They kept picking on me, you know, and I was like, what am I going to do? I was scared, you know? So I was like, I got to learn this stuff. What is this? You know, how do I hit this? How do I do that? You know, the guy's coming at me this way. He's putting me in a headlock. Oh my God, you know, I'm going to die. You know, teach Sifu, teach me how to get out of here, out of this situation and stuff like that. So it was, you know, uh, kempo was real. It wasn't, um,
0: it wasn't like sports or anything like that. And how did you feel, um. Because some wrestlers, when they get into striking martial arts, they're terrified to get hit. I have had, I don't know how many MMA wrestlers and grapplers that tell me, I want to do MMA, and you do MMA, you know, you, you teach kaju kemba, you do this MMA stuff. Can I jump in? And one of the first things that challenges that grapplers face is the idea of getting hit. Yeah. How, how, how Still, are
1: we- actually, um, I, I understand it. It's scary. I know the first time I did Aikido, my teacher was into throwing. So he was about to throw me. He goes, stop, stop! <laughs> How do I fall? You know, because he was the 360 over his shoulders, over his head. You know, I was like, I, I've never been thrown that high in uh, on kajukenbo. I was like, what's gonna happen to me? You know, he goes, Ah, Karado, you're so funny. You put your arm under here, and you. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and after a while, he throws you ten more times, and you're not scared anymore. You know, vice versa. Uh, if you've never uh, experienced hitting, it's scary. You know, the first time I, I taught my student, who is now a black belt, you know, it, he was scared. I was just like, oh, yeah, 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 you can get used to it. So I had to get him used to, like, being punched at, then being kicked at, then being kneed and elbowed at, right? He got so good, he, he starts to headbutt me. I was like, well, we'll get to the headbutting later. Yeah. <laughs> because that really hurts if you get hit in the nose. So... After that, we got into joint locking, which I'm not into it anymore as much, um, but then we got into throwing. And then that's another thing that he had to get over, You know, the fear of fall, uh, uh, being thrown, like I just mentioned to you. You know what I mean? You have to learn how to fall. First time I was throwing him around, it wasn't like in Aikido class where it was like very pretty, people fall very pretty. You know? He was like going all over the place, hitting the mirrors and windows. I thought he was gonna like you know, hurt himself like really badly. I was like, okay, I gotta stop. You know, because you, you got to know how to fall properly to be able to save yourself. You know, you don't just throw somebody with a sacrifice throw and hope for the best. They can really hurt themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? They have to know how to to take that fall. Even people who know how to do it, and if you catch them off guard, you know, they get really pissed off at you when you do it right.
0: Yeah. I mean, even like if for, for as much as... Um... For as much as as BJJ guys like to say that um that it's a really rough sport, one of the things that they don't like to do is hard hard tatewaza. They don't like to do that. They, you know, a lot of times you look at the the most of the injuries. You'd think most of the injuries come from the from the submissions. Most of the injuries come from the tatewaza. You know, you're you're trying to get the guy down. And they fall wrong, and they stick their arm out in a strange position, or they get caught up in the yeah. suit, and that's where the dislocated shoulders and all that okay. stuff comes from. <laughs> Martial
1: arts together, two black belts. Like a friend of mine, who's a colleague of mine, uh, we 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 went head to head one time, just like brief exchange, you know, bang, you know, just like that, very fast. Bang. He's like a black belt in karate, and black belt in Kembo, so we both are in that world, but we're also aikidokas. But when we exchange, we exchange punches and kicks. I stubbed my, you know, we clashed, and I stubbed my thumb, and I was injured for like two to three weeks. You know what I mean? It's not a joke.
0: Yeah, no, it's those small little injuries that you don't see coming that last the longest. I feel like <laughs> it's the small ones. Like we, uh well, you uh, don't, see, think, right? yeah, you S- don't think about it, right? So like, S- Sifu John. Coming out of uh, Okayama here in Japan, he got injured. And when I asked him about it, I'm like, he, you know, he had he posted on Facebook, I had surgery. I'm like, well, he had surgery. What what happened? he's like, well, I was teaching. And I thought he was going to give me some grand story of like, because he has guys coming in that, that, not challenge, but you'll have people come. He has open class. So people, MMA guys, and you are in Japan. So karate, yeah. full contact guys come in. So I thought maybe he had some really crazy stories. Like, oh, I was teaching one of my white belts how to leg check, you know, how to check a leg kick. And uh, he bought the leg kick a little low and broke my toe in two places. <laughs> like, oh, <geez>. Oh, no. <laughs> he was down for a year. Like, that really, a little injury. Yeah. Down for a year, right? So, like, you never know. You never know what's gonna happen. When
1: you get older. You gotta like take it easy. Yeah. It's not like when you're 18 or 20 or 30.
0: When... No, no, the body doesn't doesn't bounce back the way it used to. Yeah. So, so you, you were doing your you you quit wrestling, um, because you were really getting into into your into competing in kajukenbo in the yeah. in the forms world in martial arts, um, into the traditional side of martial arts, and then you kept training. And then you said you went to college. It's a little bit of a side note, but what did you study in college?
1: Uh, I thought I wanted to be a business major. So I was a pre-business major, but then I started taking acting classes. And that's really, really where my passion was. And I didn't know at the time, but when I finally got the guts to do it, I started doing it and I started getting into school plays. And at some point I, I decided, okay, um, this might be my thing. So I studied theater and got a, a BA in, in theater. Wow, it's kind of cool. scary uh, because uh, I really needed a job after college. I'm <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> not yeah. many jobs you can get doing theater.
0: Yeah, there's, um, not, there's not there's not a lot of places you can just walk. And then if you like, if you decide to go a different path, you can't go into like into an office. And be like, well, I got this bachelor's in theater. You know, I think I'd be good at sales. You know. <laughs> actually
1: i i did get stuck working in an office after oh, a while <laughs> <off>. so hey <laughs> because of, don't, I, let I anyone,
0: don't let honest. anyone discredit acting right <laughs> don't let anyone discredit it <laughs> so
1: i need i needed those those uh office jobs when i'm not doing when i'm not acting when i'm not getting work as an actor cool cool, but, cool. um yeah. Um, I mean, on a side note, um, I, I did Sifu Faircloth trained me a lot, um, because I ran his school. And so I was kind of like, it was like, kind of like Batman and Robin, you know, we were, uh, he, he, he taught me how to uh, make sales. He was really into the school grew that way. They, it went from a small basement and kept moving around to like, a, I don't know how many square footage the school was to, um, at least at some point, uh, on the books, it was like about a hundred students, but not all of them came at uh, at the same time. So I learned a lot. I learned a lot from him, you know, sales, martial arts, everything he even taught me how to um, drive a stick shift, you know? So um, it was, uh, it was, it was hard when I left, I had to move on. It was a different journey going to college, you know? Um, I had to leave the martial arts world. I mean, I knew every, at the time I knew everybody in the in the circuit, in the tournament circuit. Um, we we dabbled with, at the time, MMA wasn't a thing and, and BJJ. So we were, you know, with a lot of karate people, in different styles, and also um, with David Bird with um, stick fighting, you know, with the Filipino martial arts, which is a big deal in in in, in you know.
0: Yeah, and it's really coming, making a huge comeback. Even outside of Kajukenbo, the stick fighting, the eskrima, the
1: know, like,
0: yeah, the knife FMA—they're calling it FMA now, Filipino Martial Arts. The FMA is com- is really is showing up all over MMA right now. Not just Kajukenbo; it's what? coming. Of, yeah, the JKD community—it's coming out of um, a lot, of, a lot of guys because of. Um,
1: I met Inosanto. Oh.
0: Yeah, because of Guru Inosanto, as, they, as, they're, as they're calling him, um, and his influence in MMA, I'm hearing a lot of other podcasts with people saying they're working with FMA now. Like, FMA is, is, is oh, like, oh, a, I don't know if it's going to become a popular trend for the public, but I know in the martial arts community, a lot of people are, are talking about that right now. Okay. So my question for you and you kind of touched on it already and we're going to go, we're going to get back into your story about your college, your time in college and going to Japan. But how, how do you feel? Um, how do you feel the training that, that professor Faircloth did with you? Cause you said it wasn't just martial arts, right? He kind of took you in real traditional martial arts style of not just teaching a kid that walks in, how to punch, how to fight, how to kick, um, they start teaching you life lessons. And and how, I was
1: an apprentice.
0: Yeah, yeah. You kind of become an apprentice of, of a business owner, of an entrepreneur, right? Because when you run a really big school, that's what yeah. you are. You're not just a martial oh, arts. Very entrepreneur.
1: bad business owner, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how do you feel? How do you feel the stuff that you learned from him and the martial arts? How did that help you when you said you, you were going to college? It was a whole new. It was a new world for you. You were leaving behind a whole community. But how do you feel that kind of prepared you for that?
1: Oh, that's a very difficult question, I mean, we can go on philosophically forever with this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, a lot of the lessons that you learn um, in martial arts, um, not just the physical, but the mental. and, and having, uh, having trained for all those years as a, a, a teenager, right? To uh, becoming a young man, I, th- I think I left when I was twenty or twenty-one. So it- it's a long period of time uh, with a teacher. So I got to see how he lived, you know, outside of class. Um, I drove him home after, you know, uh, our day at the school and I would pick him up. So there were a lot of things. It, it, he jokes around sometimes. he I think if anything that you learn anything from me is like, what not to do as much as, you know, what to do. So, huh, a lot of his mistakes I tried to avoid as much as possible at that time. He's a different person now, you know. When I met Sifu he was very, he was like this young, cocky guy, very spunky, ready to go at any time, <laughs> you know, but well respected. <laughs> you know, people were scared of him because he had fast hands. I remember this uh, Taekwondo guy who would come over and he would say, where's Terry? I said, who's, who's looking for him? I him Barlow is coming here. Oh, I heard about you. I said, you got really fast kicks. He goes, yeah, I heard he's got fast hands. I said, oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell him I want, you know, maybe we can trade. I said, okay. I said, hey, can I see one of your kicks? He threw a kick. I didn't even know where, where from. He just it was right here on my head, you know, total, complete control. I said, wow, that is awesome. That's how I learned, you know. I said, well, you know, I, I just like demonstrate what you can do. It's like, and i see if I can steal from you. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, a lot of things. I mean, focus, um, not quitting even when something is hard. Um, get, getting back up. <laughs> uh, if you if you truly love something and you have a passion for it, to keep working on it. You know, there's uh, the Japanese. You know, when they refer to budo, they refer to it as character building, as opposed to just fighting. You know, so I learned that more and more with with the Aikido. Was, they're more philosophical than Kajukenbo people. Um, not that kajikan people people are not, um, but um, th- there's so many there's so many things I can't even begin to to explain it all. You know. Well, I think when
0: I'm scared, I think I know from from being in Japan. Oh yeah, for those of you who are listening. <laughs> If this is your first episode, I'm in Japan. Um, <laughs> Kobe, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm about I'm about an hour away from Kobe. I live in the middle of nowhere uh, in a place <laughs> called Kasai Shi. It's like the Idaho of Japan. It's okay, <laughs> worth anybody, anybody listening? Yeah, it'd be like saying the Idaho of you Japan. you
1: Get a hold of some uh, Kobe beef.
0: I do get a hold of Kobe beef. That's it's it's close enough that I I can get. Some Kobe um, beaker, so so on. I, yeah, it's good I stuff. It. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying like, yeah, I mean, again, like in Japanese Aikido and also even the Japanese, the more traditional Japanese martial arts, um, if you go to like a Kukushin place or uh, even the shouting Kenpo, there is a lot more focus on the philosophy as part of the curriculum. Like, yes, we have Karajuku philosophy, but I've seen schools literally recite um, Buddhist prayers along with buddhist precepts like zen philosophy quotes and stuff like they'll go into like like the japanese the way they teach their martial arts the traditionalists not the not the non-traditionalists which is we, i don't want to get into on this podcast but um they do go a lot more into philosophy and um as part of their curriculum like they'll spend they were spending 30 minutes reading uh different types of philosophies and like they'd get tested on that for their belt ranks and stuff like that yeah, so.
1: uh, i think I, I saw that one time, and that's kind of silly. <laughs> <It's> just silly. <laughs> if you want that, you go to church. But um, I, I think what I'm saying is, when, in terms of philosophy, is that you learn the philosophies that the martial arts has to teach you through the physical training and what you experience uh, in class at that t- time. You know what I mean? Not spouting off some confucius philosophical thing forever you know what i mean i watched the class one time where they did that for 20 minutes it's like you're wasting your time just go into the katas just do the you know just do the exercises you're wasting your time how's that going to help you it's not going to help you
0: yeah yeah oh uh, yeah i'm just i'm just trying to clarify i, I have no i have my, no, opi- I, 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 have my yeah. <laughs> I have my opinions on it i have my opinions but yeah. i'm glad you clear. I'm, I'm glad you cleared that up like from when you're talking about the philosophies of martial arts that you got, that you were getting from Aikido, it wasn't that style of traditional philosophies.
1: Oh, no, no. You, you no. know, I mean, like, what it was like one of the things that I've always remembered Bruce Lee was saying in that book. Uh, it was just like, um, um, I think it was him who said it was like, don't compare your line with somebody else's, your line of development. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Here, was- you're
1: your there, and, and then you just keep, I, 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 I'm, I'm misquoting it. But I, I can't think of anything right now, uh, profound, <laughs> to say for your audience. If I can think
0: <laughs> something, no, I, I think I think um, I think that that's that's profound enough, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so you,
1: I mean, my, people, my uh, I, I remember my son said one time, uh, I was being very cocky in class. And he was doing this punching exercise. I said, Whoa, go, what's Aikido got to do with punching, you know? And so he was teaching this other uh, uh, student, I think he was a black belt in Aikido, and he was punching and I'm like, what is that? I was being very cocky because I used to break boards and bricks, you know? I was like, you got to punch through it, you know what I'm saying? And then my sensei just looked at me and goes, you know, this is what I mean with the philosophical, this, this is Kurado. everyone is in a different uh, level. Your level, his level is here. Yours is here. Mine is up here. You know? He's saying, I guess, and I got it. You know, it's just like, don't be so arrogant because you still have more to learn. Even though he doesn't know what you know, you don't know what I know. And that's why you're here. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Like, everyone's there for their own journey. And then yeah, the, the quote that I think, I think, <laughs> looking at Bruce Lee quotes here online. Always be <laughs> yourself, express yourself, have faith in yourself. Do not go and look for a successful personality and duplicate it, uh-huh. um, was yeah. one of the things that he said. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. when I teach my students, I say, I, you know, uh, I'm not teaching you my style. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm you, I'll i teach you the art. This is the foundation, and this is, we'll do drills and whatever, And I'll give you my ideas on things. Eventually, eventually, if you ever reach that level, you will have your own martial arts, your own way of expressing what I have taught you and what you will learn from other people. You will find your own path, your own practice. That's how I teach. I don't go, oh yeah, here's Austria, Rio. You know, it's the best.
0: Yeah. Yes. yeah, and again... no. no, I, I,
1: no I, I learned from Sifu Al. I learned from Sifu Faircloth. I can move like them. My martial arts is not like theirs. And their martial arts is not like mine.
0: Yeah, and I think that's... I mean... I I, I, I used to say that's the difference between Kaju Kembo and other styles, but I'm starting to find it in other styles as well. Like when they have a really if you find an instructor who has a deep understanding of martial arts, it, it doesn't style no longer really is no. a thing. Like I, I've talked to really high level BJJ instructors and they say the same thing. Like every student has to find their own game. They, they call it, they call it playing games, right? You're going to play, you're going to play the, the X guard. You're going to play the closed guard game or, you know, you like to play the top guard game, but everybody has to find that for themselves and just cuz I have something that I'm good at doesn't mean that I should be focusing on that thing that I'm good at with my students. I have to I have to try to hone in what they're good at and develop their game around that, right? So like that's 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 found and that's that's what I feel is a universal amongst good teachers, right? So so yeah. Um, going back into your story, you so you go you didn't go straight to an office. You didn't go straight to an office cloud. You went to Japan. <laughs>
1: what, what? I, worked, I, worked, I worked in a lot of places, actually. I worked, I've worked. i done everything. We've done stores, restaurants. But when, when uh, I, I was acting, I was heavily into acting, even after school and college, and I, I made a joke. I went to Japan. The first time I went to Japan, it was a theater program. We were there for two weeks. We went to Toyama Prefecture in Togamora Mountain. And there's this uh, acting technique called Suzuki Method. And so I was there. We did that for two intensive weeks. And it's very physical, very martial, you know, a lot of marching, lifting your legs up, standing in one position, uh, difficult positions for a long time. So it's very martial arts. And I was kind of used to it because of my Kaji Kembo training. So I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. Uh, I went there. And, uh, and, but before that, before that, I always had this weird, I was a weird kid as a teenager. I, I thought I was going to be a ninja. I was going to go to Japan, study ninjutsu, and marry a Japanese woman and have a family. That was my thing. I was watching a lot of ninja movies in the
0: 1980s. I think a lot of us, for a lot of, <laughs> of us coming from that
1: generation,
0: were thinking the right? same thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: so that was my thing. I, I saw these mysterious pictures of Japan with the mist. I'm like, going, oh, my God, I want to learn the language. So you know, I even took up uh, Japanese in, in college, which I uh, wasn't very good at that time. And uh, and then, so when that was over and I graduated from college, I decided to go back. I was walking around in Kyoto that time at that time, and I said, you know what? It would be cool to uh, live here and uh, make some money and and work here for a while, and maybe even find a, a martial arts teacher, and and see if I can you know learn further, right? And it happened. I did, except I was in the middle of nowhere. I was in Toyama prefecture and, uh, but I got to meet uh, my teacher, which was uh, very fortunate to me at the time. You know, it was like, he was in the middle of nowhere. And, um, and that, so that was cool. I mean, I could have gone on to learn Kyokushinkai. I think. Uh, There was somebody at that, um, in in the neighborhood, but then I thought it's kind of, it's too close to Kaji I kind of already, you know, know how to k- punch and kick it's just a matter of like you know um punching it out with somebody else or something like that i really wanted to learn something new and um and at that and at the same time i went to to japan because i wanted to do something with my theater degree <laughs> before i started <laughs> acting i thought to myself i might as well make some money save it up before i go to hollywood <laughs>
0: That's what I did. wow so and that was the aikido instructor you were talking about right yeah 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 that's yeah
1: yeah
0: insane. so it's interesting like so you start in grappling wrestling you say okay i'm gonna get really into kaju uh more self-defense oriented uh more real fighting as you said for the street fight for the for the for the bully was it bullying that was happening at school is that why you were getting into fights was there a lot of bullying or gangs or what was yeah
1: yeah that was good not bullying
0: a lot of a lot bullying. of bullying I, I, did,
1: I, did, I did stand up against a gang once. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Luckily, nothing happened. <laughs> it was like six or eight of them or something. It was at a store and I was working at the at the time. I had a broom and I said, oh, my God. You know, it was something out of a movie. I thought, I hope nobody like attacks because I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm either going to get a beat up or that was very weird. But uh, a lot of, I seem to like run into these things. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, i <laughs> in New York City.
0: <laughs> what a coincidence! <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so i good that I know martial arts. Yeah.
0: So you ended up in your journey, right? Grappling, kajukenbo, and then aikido. Back to yep. grappling. <laughs> now you're now you're in tatewaza. Now you're in stand up, right?
1: Sort of. Uh, so aikido is very different in that in that sense. Aikido was not meant to to be, um, from my understanding now, it's a little bit more uh, advanced than when I first started. It was never meant to be um, a self-defense martial arts. It was meant, <laughs> the exercises were, were meant to change your body. And and if you look at the kata, they call it the kihon waza. It's a two-man kata. It, it, it's, it's not really like, I don't think after all these years, I think I can say this, uh, it's not really like... Um, um, street sets in Kaja Kembo, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of compliance in the beginning, you know, but you're learning to, to, to deal with force in a tangential way, right? So you don't have to, like, uh, 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 use uh, muscular force or physical force. Mm, but th- there's more to that, you know? That's one of the reasons why uh, they look up to Wesheba uh, It seems so mysterious. You know, so if you don't understand IT, it is mysterious, and it is very, very esoteric, but it isn't. It's scientific. Um, a lot of teachers either don't know it, and they try to teach it, or te- you know, teach what they don't know, or they know it, and they don't want you to know it. <laughs> it's the same thing with uh, Chinese grandmasters. If they don't want you to know it, it doesn't matter how long you're going to be with them. You can be with them until you're dead and give them thousands of dollars. You're not going to get shit.
0: You so, know what I mean? Yeah. You
1: can learn tai Chi, or Bagua, or Shingi, all you want? They're not going to teach you the internal martial arts unless you are the chosen one.
0: Wow. So, so finding the the,
1: the the teacher who will teach it to you is rare. So
0: they're very protective. They're very protective of the art.
1: Yeah, but th- also one thing I learned too, and, and it's actually supposedly written in a book and I'm, I'm quoting Dan Hardin, who teaches me internal martial arts. He's, he's very good, he's well known. Uh, and, and he says, it's like, it's because when you teach Westerners this stuff, they're bigger, so they have more mass to play with. So little Asian guys like us, we don't like that so much. They don't want you to know it because you're big. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that makes sense. that yeah, makes sense you got a
1: better game
0: <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah so so you did um how long how so how long were you in Japan?
1: I was only there for two years for two years okay, so you yeah, two years for two years.
0: and your instructor at that point you must have picked up enough Japanese or unless your instructor spoke English, you picked up enough Japanese okay. to...
1: uh, a little bit. <laughs>
0: a little bit yeah yeah yeah. it cut out the mic cut out can you say that one more time
1: sukoshi dake desu
0: dake all right so and your instructor spoke did he speak any english no english
1: oh um uh, my my teacher spoke english oh okay so when he taught classes uh, most of the time it was in japanese it was very hard to understand very hard to learn um but there were two two um other guy jeans that were with us who would translate so that was close cool. a couple oh uh, nice Rachel and Drew, so they, they helped out a little bit, but okay. it was still very difficult, very difficult because Sakonmoto-sensei would say really weird stuff, you know, it's just like he even said it to the Japanese, he says, all of you, you, you copy what I do from outside, you don't know what goes on inside, I'm not like going, give us a clue! <laughs> <laughs> The only thing at that time I thought he was talking about was like breathing, must be breathing. That's all I know, breathing. He's doing something with his breath. It's not. He was moving his soft tissues. He, neared, he learned how to move his soft tissues. That's internal martial arts. If you don't understand that, you're not, you, you know what I mean? That's why it's called external martial arts because you can see what I, I am doing physically. Outside, from the outside, you can copy it. But inside, if I'm pulling up and down, from those soft tissues, right? You can't see that. You can only feel it. Does that make sense?
0: No, that makes perfect sense. I was just this is this goes into um and like I, I wrote an article, a blog on on the origins of Japanese jiu-jitsu and the relation between Aikido and Aiki Jiu Jitsu and the evolution mm-hmm. of how it later turned into judo and then now you have BJJ. But it always comes back to scientific principles that are going on inside of your own body structure base the alignment of your spine yes. right and like if you were to say that to someone who just started they're going to be like lo- <laughs> all these people yeah, you say that to a beginner that just started right okay. i'll learn how to fight man <laughs> yeah you're fight. what are you talking about the alignment of my spine for? like <laughs> I, I want to learn how to put someone in an arm bar so like you know but, but, but it's like that's but that's but that's huge that is, is the game. Like, That's
1: what makes Masters, masters.
0: Yeah. That, that is the game. Whenever, whenever you see two high level people go at it, or even when I'm, when I'm rolling with black belts in BJJ, it's not about the last thing on my mind is submission. It's all about, okay, where's my spine? All right. How is my spine aligned to my neck? Okay. How is, how right now he's putting pressure on me. How is my body reacting? Am I real? Should I be relaxed right now? Or should I be tense? And, Sometimes that's why like when you look at high level BJJ, it's not done in three minutes. It's always like five to 10 minute rolls because really for the first three, five minutes, nothing is happening. Like it's just two people. If it's not competitive, if it's not like in the, in the tournament scene, it's just two people inside the dojo and no one can break them up. It's going to be two people that are essentially scared to do anything. Cause they know that the next move that comes might lead to the end. So it's just really slow movements in holding one position and then transitioning to the next position very slowly. Cause you don't want to give up anything. Yeah.
1: And yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. They're strategizing.
0: Yeah. And that's all internal. That's all internal. What the outsider sees is two people stagnant. <laughs> oh, he's waiting. He's yeah. waiting to do something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I'm setting you up. Yeah. There's a lot of small movements going on, like tiny movements, like slowly crawling the hand, Onto the key to try to get a better grip. There's all, and then slowly fighting off that hand. There's like there's little small things happening. I think, I think like in, in,
1: in when you think about like the masters, the Chinese masters, for example, they, they, they talk about it, not so much in the external martial arts, they said touching hands. And you see like not pushing hands like you see in the park, but like pushing hands like the grandmasters. Like, why did they do that? They don't punch and kick, you don't see them punch and kick. Because they're 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 it's like a chess, they're like playing chess. You know what I mean? And and if if you get displaced or the energy enters into you and you get displaced or thrown, you lost. You lost the game. You know what I mean? You don't have to spar it out and give each other a black eye. You know what I mean? The other person is a better game than you, you know, and it's happening inside. This This is very fascinating. It's a gentleman way of of um, competing or, or challenging one another as opposed to like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It's just just kick it out.
1: Going at it. <laughs> going at it, you know, break some bones, you know, so, uh, you know, when you're 50 or 60 or 70 or 80, you might want to think about practicing. that. <laughs> like
0: Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's Yeah. Kickboxing. Muay Thai, Muay Thai is fun, but yeah, after a while, like, your body can't keep doing Muay Thai.
1: <laughs> no, I used to condition my hands like kempo, you know, because this kempo, you know, and now, you know, uh, you know, I start to feel a little arthritis. Like yeah. Maybe I should not have done that when I was young. <laughs>
0: you know? yeah. yeah, I know. I've really, really enjoyed um, like I used to punch the bags with just my bare knuckles and I used to punch hard the trees and that kind of stuff, right? Walls. Walls, walls, boards. And as I got older, I started wrapping my hands more and more. Mm-hmm. Even when I go light, I always wrap my hands. And I, cause I realized that same thing, cold days on cold days, my left hand was getting it kind was of tight. Stuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's getting tight i'm like oh no and i'm i'm not no and, uh, and i'm i'm not I, I i see what's coming i'm 39 but i mm-hmm. see what's coming <laughs> I, I see it happening so yeah yeah Like Protect-
1: this martial artist that they, they videotaped them throughout the years you know and he was into like um what is that that, that um iron body
0: training. uh the the iron body training well couple-
1: known in washington state you know but like he got really old i don't remember how old he was but this this was his movement at the end of, of his uh, martial arts journey. That was his movement. Somebody would punch at him and he'd go. I was like, <laughs> that's what you got to show for your martial arts, your martial arts journey. That's it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, not to put him down. It was just kind of like I didn't want I didn't want that for myself. Yeah. Having to to learn iron body techniques or whatever just to be able to move like that, because yeah. kung is supposed to or martial arts is supposed to help you live longer. <laughs> you know what I mean? W- with a better body. You know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. good. And, what, they, what do they and call energy.
0: that? In psychology, they call it. Uh, um, it's not about it's not about living. It's about the quality of life, mm-hmm. right? It's not about how long you live, it's about the quality of life that you get out of those years. Yeah. Cause, Cause what good is it if you live to 90 or 100, if from like 60 onwards you can barely walk, right? <laughs> <laughs> or you can't it's gonna
1: happen anyway,
0: because age. It's not yeah. gonna happen anyway. I'm it's not coming.
1: as much as I used to be
0: yeah, it's coming, but you you to But you know, if you if you keep smashing your hands and you can't hold a a bottle of water—that's going to be a problem. <laughs> <That's
1: gonna> be- <laughs> What's the whole point of studying martial arts or Yeah, even doing it, you know? yeah. yeah. So that—that that to me is is very important. That even though martial arts is 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 uh, is combat, right? It has to be combat. Otherwise, you can't call it martial arts. Um, I, I look at the other aspect of it as as uh, you know, like the the Japanese term character building. You know what I mean? The you know what I mean to develop oneself physically, mentally. Kajikembe people say spiritually. I don't know what that means exactly, but you know, um, it could be will force. It could be, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's
0: supposed to help you with your life. It's Supposed to help with life, and I think I think that's what I think that's where sp- the spirituality part, right? Because if we look at it, we always say that before class, right? Mind, body, spirit. Mm. Mind, body, spirit. And the way I've broken that down is the mind can intellectually break things down. And the body is what we put into our training and what we're conditioning. But I think the spirit is what kind of puts together what you're doing all this for. And whether whether you want to make it a higher power or you want to add other things to that, that's great. But I think the spirit is what's going to connect those other two, the mind and the body, what you're intellectualizing, what you're putting your body through and and kind of the purpose. What's the purpose, right? What's what's the what's the overall purpose for all of this? I think is, right. What I translated as, and I know everyone does differently, but
1: it that's a you know that I, I try to avoid that word spirit because it is it is a difficult concept.
0: It has a lot of connotations to it. it has like, a lot of <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So I, I I like to when when you know the whole idea of kata is to unify mind body. You know I I like to use the word. Uh, mind body and breath to unify that and and do it in in one motion to you know uh, to to create that technique or that force you know that to me is 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 the practice of kata
0: and that goes together with what the cycle i keep mentioning psychology i should have probably i say this in the intro that um I, I come my background is in my, psychology. You
1: yeah. know, it's very hard. It's one person like that martial arts speech that it's very difficult to put words into martial arts, into
0: yeah. what we do. yeah,
1: it is. It Sometimes is go, bah, 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 and then Dan would go, one of my teachers would go, Carl, use words in English.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's really hard because really what, what you're talking about when you mentioned what you just said right now, right? Breath, mind, and body. Mm-hmm. The psychological research that's coming out about mindfulness and what they're throwing around with is the idea of, again, using your breath and, again, to calm your mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And once you can use your breath to calm your mind, that will calm your body. And this is a, this is this is being shown in science. Like once you can control your breath, you can control your intrusive thoughts and f- to focus more on what you're doing and in turn you'll have a physiological effect it'll lower your heart rate it'll lower it'll bring better blood pressure all kinds of great stuff um so you, yeah and that's 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 what we aim to do yeah. so look so you you were in japan. <laughs> back to japan you decided yeah back to japan we're leaving japan now for your journey because we're almost to the end of the show so i'm trying to <laughs> I don't want to fast forward your life. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to skip through any of the good parts, you know. <laughs> so we i so, 50. So, <laughs> so you um you 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 left Japan, you came back, you decided not to become a ninja and settle down. <laughs> Extrapped
1: that idea I said I had enough of Japan. I'll go back, I'll visit. I love the place, but I won't work there and I won't live there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you came back to the U.S. Um, what did you do? You, you, you obviously gained some, so a new thing. And a lot of Kaju kempo guys do this. They'll go study something else and they'll come back and keep doing Kaju. I, but I, what did you do?
1: Okay. okay. Um, I was uh, trekking to go to Los Angeles because in my mind, that was my dream. And my, my wife, actually, I married my wife. We, uh, Japan was our honeymoon. She left me she went to Seattle lived with my parents I had to get her back so so uh, I wanted to I was very sad leaving my sensei in Japan and I wanted to continue to try to understand this thing called Aikido so I studied with Bookman sensei briefly in Seattle he was the one teaching there uh but not not um not very seriously but I went uh, to some classes um I learned a lot of stuff like uh, in Japan with my teacher, he didn't really teach me how to fall well. He just kept throwing me and then I had to figure it out. Um, and he was very good with weapons, but he wasn't very good at uh, wanting to teach it to you. So I like Bookman sensei for that. He, he helped me out, like learning how to f- fall properly. Um, so I got better at, at doing my ukemi's. And, and I really wanted to uh, study with him with his weapons, but it was, uh, I wasn't studying constantly, so I, I, consistently, so I wasn't able to memorize the patterns. Um, and so I worked uh, some odd jobs and went back to acting. And, um, and where I met, uh, is another story altogether, where I met uh, this Russian director, went back to my old acting teacher, and that was very nice uh, until I decided to um, and even toured and, and, and did shows in high schools all over Washington state. And then finally went to uh, Los Angeles because that was my dream to become an actor there. Um, we were there for four years. And, and then I again went to look for, I wanted to continue my martial arts training. I went to look for uh, uh, another Aikido teacher and that's where I found Matsuoka Sensei. And he helped me again he helped me try to understand the movements more, broke it down for me. Cause again, my teacher in Japan, he was very mysterious that way. He just kind of like, you know, you you had to like, you had to try to steal it from him kind of thing.
0: Yeah. That's how they all are. I've been, I had a kickboxing coach and he just, you'd think kickboxing would be different from the traditional stuff, but he also taught open glove karate and he still taught kickboxing very similar. Like, very slowly would show you something new. Mm. Um, very hesitant to show you anything. <laughs> that's just, that's just yeah. how he was. I was there for two years and- at That's the how
1: end, Japanese people teach, you know? This is like yeah. they'll, they'll the technique one, two, in Aikido especially, one or two times and you go, oh, dozo. And you're like going, ah, you know, how do you do that? And so the people who end up teaching are the seniors. So who are you really learning from? you know um but i got close to those two teachers so i did i did learn a lot more you know i got hands some hands-on instructions i don't know um i I learned a lot from matsuoka sensei before i i left him too and then i was kind of sad after leaving him and moving on to a different teacher um but finally what um moving forward I, I quit Aikido when I met a man named Dan Harden. First, I met Ushiro Sensei, who's a well-known um, uh, Okinawan Karate master. I was very interested in him for a while because supposedly he had this internal martial arts thing. But it wasn't until I met Dan Harden, who was able to like really explain what was going on, and and you know he, there was every, I couldn't do nothing to Dan, nothing. I tried everything. The only thing I could do was run away. I tried angling off. He hit me. He was like, how come you're always ahead? <laughs> Whatever I do, you're always ahead. He goes, yeah. How are you doing it? So I, I had to steal from him for, for quite a number of years. And through him, I understood what Aikido was really trying to teach, what I wasn't taught. And I, 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 um, now he's, he's helping me out. He's coaching me. He's tutoring me. I go to his seminars or I visit him at his home. Um, and I can develop my martial arts further that way without having to go to other dojos like I used to. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that makes
0: sense. develop
1: my kajukenbo that way too. You know what I mean? I don't have to give up anything because Dan hits as much as he does throws. You know what I mean? He, he can roll it with you. He likes to talk about MMA and, 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 and BJJ. You know, so I had to put the gloves down because I was putting people in the hospitals. So you know um i was like not 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 only that not only that's not why i'm interested in him it's fascinating when he talks about martial arts and 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 how you know what he's doing what he's doing with his body and how he's able to mess you up no matter you know what you do (laughs) isn't that what we want to do be invincible yeah
0: yeah and like and he's coming from a competitor he competed because you're saying he had to put the gloves down so he he was he must have been um,
1: not not. I don't think, in a sense that maybe you do, that he went in the ring, but he 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 sparred with the guys who did
0: it. Oh, okay, all right. With so he, he actually sparred though. Like again, there's some people. That's, something that, that, that's right. That's that's one of the things that that's one of the criticisms a lot of people have of of some softer styles is that they don't spar. Right? They don't they don't actually practice. And then you there's and it's funny like. I was just talking There's to a you.
1: difference between Tai Chi in the park and Tai Chi One. Yeah. Tai Chi in the park is for health. Tai Chi One was the real thing. Yeah. And One then means this way. And, the,
0: and then the problem, as you've seen, is when you have a style that allows someone to progress in the ranks that's never sparred, that's never competed or anything, you end up with the people that is what you guys call it. <laughs> What's that? The stress that? test the stress test yeah the stress test that there have they been yeah they haven't stress tested it they haven't they haven't pressure tested anything
1: Pressure
0: test yeah, yeah pressure test if, if you if you end up with someone who got through the ranks who never pressure tested anything you might end up with those guys that you see on youtube every so and so all like waving their hands and i don't know why their students Follow, like, I really, like. if you're watching this. You know, in- I, was,
1: I was into it for a while. I was into it for a while. And it's an interesting thing because I had to self-reflect and go, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> um, why do I even believe this shit? You know, um, it's perpetuated and it's not true. It's not real. Even when you see Weshiba doing in demonstrations, they are responding to what he is about to do because they don't want to feel his technique. But people are misinterpreting it and, and, and saying, Ooh, it's the no touch throw.
0: Yeah. You know? There's no yeah. such
1: thing. No touch, it's not touch throw. You're going yeah. to get
0: through. And again, it, it doesn't help that you have straight out imposters like the guy in England that was like, no. that, you know, that, that, that's that's that, not, that, there, that hurt.
1: The martial arts has nothing to do with that.
0: Exactly. That's exactly. Like it,
1: movies and fantasies and comic books.
0: Magic. Stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that, I think that's the problem. Like, what people don't understand is that there is. People who have actually pressure tested their stuff and they practice a certain way, and then there's also people who are straight out con artists. So like, and that's and that's and that and that, that's really hurt the reputation for the people that are actually, you know, they're actually doing, they're actually, they've actually done it, they've actually pressure tested it, they've actually gone in there, like you said, the guy that you worked with, his work with with fighters and is actually sparred. he's actually had contact, right? And that, when,
1: especially when I was drunk because that's the like, like all right, you know. He says, Clara, you better stop your bleeding. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like I had to know. I had to know if he was full of it or if he had anything. Yeah. Because if I'm gonna learn from him, you know what I mean? I need to know the truth. I'm tired of people lying to me.
0: Yeah. And that and, and that happens a lot, right? Like in in what we do when you go somewhere, you meet people who hold titles or whatever and (laughs) and like you said you might end up in a situation where someone's lying to you and and it sucks when it sucks to be the only person in the room that knows that this person is full of it and especially like if you were really looking forward to training at that place for whatever reason And then you have to like, honestly reflect on like, man, this is not what I thought it was gonna be. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That happens, especially when
1: you do it for like two or four
0: years or, you know,
1: seven years, you have been wasting my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, that's the journey, you know? Yeah. I would not have met Dan if I had not taken up Aikido because it it was that topic, the whole idea of this other, right, this other, what is the other? It was not like what I was learning from my sifu, you know, punching, kicking knees and elbows and doing tricks. They knew things. I wanted to know what that was. Why are people falling? Are they just faking the falls or is it real? You know, there's something else going on. I needed to know firsthand. That's how I learned.
0: (laughs) I'm kind of hard headed that way. That's the best way, though. <laughs> that's, how, yeah. that's 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 the best you know way. Know I mean? there's, like, there's no bullshit. Like if, there's no bullshitting firsthand, you know. So
1: like, <laughs> it's like getting here with you know somebody's got gloves. You hit as hard as you can. And you go, oh, that's what a punch feels like. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, fantasize about it. You don't have to create all kinds of weird stuff in your head about how it's gonna go down. I have friends who do that, you know, in martial arts, and I go, are you sure?
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you yeah. know even knife techniques they're very dangerous was, so, I think I saw something on YouTube it was a French guy he goes okay uh, he went up to these uh, Filipino martial arts he goes okay we're at this distance okay you can do whatever you want okay I'm going to cut you right here I'm going to cut you right here you know not a real knife right I'm just going to do this I'm just going to go like this because you ready ready when are you ready okay he went Khush! and then the guy every time it's like cut it's like that's real knife. Yeah. that's it it's not like guys coming at you at this speed. It's like, that's real life.
0: No, nope, that's it's the real thing.
1: And what it's is not. he teaching you distance? Be aware before it even happens. You know what I mean? And yeah. I can go on with like the proper way to, but there's no blocking.
0: Yeah. No, no, like, yeah. Yeah. And that, that, I think that's what people, that that's what, I think that's the biggest beef I have with a lot of combative stuff that I see online. That's, that's, why i don't like to spend too much time like i do combatives but i don't like it because of that because of that one what you just mentioned is the idea that once someone has a knife yeah you practice distance but once someone has a knife it's dangerous it, it's dangerous and and the training is not really about techniques it's about principles i think that's mm. the biggest thing that people fail to, to
1: attitude let's see what i would say yeah attitude, Your mental attitudes, like what happens at that time.
0: Yeah. Because it's not, you're not, it's not techniques. It's not, not, you're not going to remember anything. (laughs) That's the thing. And if you, and the time you spend, Ah. yeah, that's, that's time wasted. If you are thinking of techniques during combatives, that is time wasted. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I
1: was, uh, I think it was him who said it It was just like, if a fight, or maybe Sequel Clark said, if a fight lasts more than a minute, hmm. Then you're either losing, or you know you, you're 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 going to be there for the long haul. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially with multiple attackers, you can't. <laughs> it's not a sparring uh, bout.
0: Yeah, it's not a sparring match. It's not.
1: You got to take them out with one blow, one blow, one blow. Yeah, inter-blow, inter-blow, inter-blow. and it's funny.
0: Like there was a ah oh, man, I'm, I'm gonna. Stefan Kesting ent- interviewed a former MMA champion. I'm skipping on his name. But because I, I mentioned earlier, I got hit in the head too many times and I'm bad at names. So, <laughs> so we got that out of the way. <laughs> um, but he yeah, was mentioning about how he got into a fight in Russia. He was Russian. And he got in a fight with, uh, with some shady Russian mobster characters. And he said it's no longer, even though he does quote unquote MMA, he said it's no longer the way things work in MMA. You don't have time for that. So it's, you, do, you, do, you can't be submitting anyone. You know, so there's no such thing as submission anymore. <laughs> what's the matter with you? No, yeah, it's no, it's no such thing as submission anymore. It's, it's mm-hmm. you take them down, you break their arm, you get the next guy, you break his neck. Like you're, you're doing your head cranks. You're not going to wait for a tap. You're just going to maim and, and hurt. It's a total different mentality. It's a total different mentality. And I think you touched on a really good point I about mean,
1: that's what the is really great. You know, what's your first primary target? Eyes, throat, you know what I mean? Noise, so, uh, nose, solar plexus, and groin, knees. That's a big thing. It's a big, big deal. You know what I mean? We don't just say it because we like to say it. It's just like, it's really what you want to do in a dangerous situation. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really the first targets you want to hit.
0: Yeah. You know Max, I mean? Maximum amount of damage in the short amount uh, yep. time possible. Yeah. So we're getting towards the end here. And, um, Obviously, like you mentioned earlier, you've continued your Aikido training, but you also have also been doing the Kaju Kembo. It sounds like the kembo has been there the whole time. Is that
1: um yeah? I, um, I, um I practiced when I was uh training Aikido, I always practiced on my own solo with Kembo. I kept it up. Um the Kembo that I do sometimes, some people uh, oh, I don't know, one guy he had mistaken it. It's like, oh, you do jitkindu. It's like oh, okay, whatever. I do jitkindu. <laughs> You know, um, it it because it's 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 like how C4 all teaches. You know what I mean? And no no fix, it's not fixed kind of thing. Uh, I was taught boxing drills and things like that, so I kept those things, um, those skills, those skill sets, kept them with me. I kept practicing them, and then when I came back my student in Seattle, I would work out with him sometimes, and and um, we'd compare techniques. And sometimes I'd show him some Aikido stuff and he would say, Sifu, that doesn't work. What are you doing? I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, so I had to prove to him. And of course he was right because he was a bouncer and he would do things that that he would deal with that you would never do like in the katas that we do in Aikido, for example. You know, people just don't come at you with a, a knife hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's retarded. <laughs> People don't go with you <laughs> like this, you know? Um, they don't even swing uh, with a straight punch in the street. It's just like that, right? Um, so those are the, the the great lessons in Kaji Kambo that I wouldn't want to um, neglect or um, uh, forget, right? Because they're important and they still happen and you still need them, uh, I see things, altercations in New York City all the time. And it's how I was taught, you know what I mean? I see it as like, oh yeah, it's true, it's real. Um, so I kept it up, um, but I didn't I didn't go back into it again until I met Dan Hardin. I said to myself, I said, well shit, he knows internal martial arts and he punching kicks and it hurts. So I better go back to punching and hitting that's what I told myself. And, and so I started teaching again when, when uh, Sifu Fergalok hooked up with me again. And, and that's what I started to do. I started to focus on, on uh, taking everything that I had learned and trying to make it concrete for myself, as well as for my students, creating my own martial arts. I was always doing that, but even more now, I, neg- I i I had to put the 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 striking arts to the side when I was learning Aikido because I didn't want to hit people in class. I didn't want that part of myself to come out when I got angry or upset or couldn't do the technique. I wanted to learn what they what they had to offer, and I wanted to try to master what they were doing to do it better than they were doing it. And then, after I did that, I could say, okay, no, this is how I really feel. This is what's going to come out. Because I always worried about that when I was in Los Angeles. I said, okay, I'm about to stop a fight. Well, what am I going to use? Aikido or my Kaji Kembo? Kaji Kimbo. Two guys coming at me, one guy's whipping a belt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to go in for the hits. I'm not going to try to put a nice kotegaishi nicely. <laughs> no, man. It's going to, you know, the, the next blow is going to hurt if I don't put one guy down or something like that. that. That that's how I was thinking. You know, and I kept I kept uh questioning myself over the years, you know, cuz I was still doing aikido. I was like, does this really work? Interesting enough, every time I visit my old sensei, they always go, "Kuraro, we have to go back to Daitoryu. What are you talking about? And I didn't know what Tai Chi was at that time, you know. And Kuro, know, claro, sometimes I wonder why Aikido doesn't work. Now you tell me. <laughs> this is a, a, a high level sensei saying to me in eh? Aikido. Kuro, claro, sometimes Aikido doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, because they don't really test it, right? I mean, you
0: know. Again, and again, there's, there's, no, only, there's, no. there's only so it doesn't, and no no offense to anybody who does aikido and no, and no, no offense to any, no. any stylists. Because if you're a Kaju Kenpo guy listening to this, you know what we're talking about. When we say Kaju Kenpo, you know we're talking about what we're really talking about is use whatever works. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, is, for, for anyone listening to this that doesn't do, doesn't know what Kaju Kenpo is, is, you've gotten this far into the podcast. When we say losing your Kaju Kenpo, we're just saying use whatever works, however, don't. Don't, don't focus too much on what, how you're going to do the next move. It's just bujutsu. move.
1: It's, it's bujutsu. It's real combat. You know, I'm coming home with a bottle of wine and I get attacked by three people or even like in, in New York. Right. Uh, some writer got stabbed in the in the neck. He didn't do anything. It's not like he was looking for it. Right. Use the damn bottle. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: J- it's know? time or to go. Like, or it's time to go. You know what I mean? It's like uh, Dan said one time. That somebody was um, criticizing uh, martial arts that he was doing. It's an old martial arts. Um, it's what the samurais were learning. I can't think. Katura Shinto, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the guy says, "Oh, that's fake." Yeah, so whatever. What? It's like, and then and then because they would do a lot of katas, right? So um, so one of the practitioners says, "Come over here." He's like he's like tying his shoes, right? Takes off his shoelaces and. Puts it around the guy's neck like a garrote. And the guy was choking. What doesn't work? What exactly doesn't work? Do you know what I mean? Combat's different. Yeah. Very, we said it too. It's very different from uh, n- nothing against uh, sports combat. I like, I love watching it. Uh, I still do. Um, but it's very different. It's about survival. Sifu Fakob teaches that. Survival.
0: It's a, you, it's a different mindset. Hope to God kind
1: of... that if you use it, you're, you're, there are no witnesses, in the, you know. The cameras are <laughs> not on. <laughs> you know? But it's the stuff that, that you, you have to think about if you're talking about, um, I think, I, at least I used to when I was younger, when you're talking about um, martial arts. And it's no joke, you know. Home invasion is no joke. Yeah. It's no oh. joke, you know, that you put weapons around your home that you can have access to because you never know. <laughs> that's Kaji <Kembo. laughs> That's how I yeah. learned my martial arts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and that, that, yeah. And that, that's good. I'm glad you clarified that. Cause some people, I mean, anybody who does any martial artists listening to this, they know what Kaji Kembo is. They know, but sometimes you might have your average person listen to this and they might get lost. Cause I, I had, I had someone online told me a long time ago They're like, you know, I fought, I fought a Kaji Kembo guy and, and you know, <laughs> his grappling wasn't that good. So I guess you guys don't cover a lot of grappling, huh? And I'm like, the person you fought must have not practiced a lot of grappling. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Don't, whatever you do, don't, don't make a broad statement because every Kaju practitioner is going to, is going to be different. And that, that's, it's that's one of the different. things. It's yeah. very
1: different. I mean, I met, uh, I don't know if you've had uh, Sifu Ted Sotelo. Uh,
0: I haven't, I haven't met him. Yeah, no. he
1: was under uh, 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 Sifu Alda Coscos and, okay. and I met Sifu Ted Sotelo, man. Oh my God i mean like he was a little overweight and people thought oh my god this guy can't move i mean he first he started out with one guy and then eventually made it to me he was so fast he was hitting hard he was like chopping and he was doing these boxing moves filipino martial arts and then and then on top of that he says i also know ground game i was like oh yes yes that's not how you do that technique this is how we do it i said yes you know what i mean it's like Everybody is different in Kaji Kembo. You can't mm-hmm. put anybody in a box. Yeah. I saw C4 Eric Lee cover 20 feet in no time with a sidekick. You don't know. It, it's, that's gr- what's, what's great about Kaji Kembo. Is, is like you can't just do whatever, like MMA and call it Kaji Kembo because it's not. At the yeah. same time, Kaji Kembo people can take anything from anybody and make it theirs. You know what I mean? I know it sounds like Chitkundo, but Chitkando really isn't first. It's like...
0: Yeah, yeah. Not that's that whole... credit,
1: honestly, Because I, he was my hero when I was younger, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's similar in a sense. You know what I mean? That yeah.
0: You
1: take. I mean, it, it's not just Chitkundo and, and, and Kaji Kembo that has had it. Uh, many different martial artists have, have had it. Um, Dan, has. Yes, he doesn't call his, you know, Art. he's very, it, he's good.
0: He makes his own swords. And then arguably, if you read old martial arts, if you read the Book of Five Rings, Miyamoto Musashi, talks about the same thing mm. talks about the same thing. There's these, these, there's these universal narratives that have gone throughout history and and, 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 and we're going to do it the end of our podcast, but one thing I want to mention is that Miyam, Miyamoto Musashi talked about how in his time the warring period of japan stopped so you had a lot of samurais walking around with swords that had never fought in a war you had a lot of samurais teaching um bushido that Mm -hmm. had never practiced that he said i don't remember seeing that guy when i was fighting (laughs) when i was in 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 the last battle when i was defending that place i don't remember seeing that person he saw people saying that they fought in battles that they never fought. In. So, like, <laughs> and he was concerned at that time that the true way of the warrior was going to be lost, which has inspired him to write the five, the, the book of five rings. And if you read the book of five rings, it's not a bunch of stuff about slicing horizontally or holding two swords, which he was known for. Um, it was just a lot of stuff about philosophical awareness, how to strategically um, destroy an opponent. A lot of philosophies on being open to use anything. Again, you'll find these narratives. Mm-hmm. And he didn't call it a style. Like he talked about not conforming to a style. A lot of the stuff we talked about in Kajukemo. And you'll find these things in throughout history, which is really cool. Like when you find there's the truth, and then there's bullshit. The <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> a lot of line. yeah you can't in in Tempo, there's a lot of line um, <laughs> well, I, I, what you just said Aiki Jiu they're all, they're, they're all the same Aiki Jiu Aiki no Jiu Jitsu Do the way of Aiki you know Aiki with Jiu what the hell is Aiki even people who practice it can't even explain it because they don't know they say oh when you do this that's Aiki ah okay <laughs> <laughs> it's much more profound than that because they, it's not, they weren't teaching you techniques they were teaching you the Aiki way what is the Aiki way? if you understand the Aiki way right, then you can create any technique from the Aiki way it's not shihonagi, kotegaishi, iriminagi try doing that in the street you won't remember any of it you know, this isn't Kembo. I told my black belt a long time ago. Look, I taught you like, I don't know, what, 20, 100 techniques. You're going to remember two when you get into a fight. Yeah. One or two, if you're lucky, and you're going to keep using it. You go, Sifu, I got into a fight. Yeah. I remembered one or two techniques, and I only did <laughs> that. That's what yeah. I said. It. You know, yeah. that's what my Sifu said to me, and I said it to you. Now you know the truth. But it doesn't mean that we can't continue to grow continue to learn other techniques and continue to you know what I mean refine what we know so other things can come out when we need them Does that makes
0: yeah. sense yeah and you never know what's going to come out like a, yeah you, like
1: you, guys, if you don't know if the, guy th- if the guy lifts you you know what I mean a double leg takedown what are you gonna do now you're on the ground right get up as fast as you can pick up that rock you know what I mean you got some ground game
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and you, again you don't it's it's not it's not a it's not a abc you know? one it two happens. three formula right it's not an abc one two three formula well claro not. you can give that formula to a student anyway another time oh yeah no. oh yeah yeah no no, yeah, I, I, I'm realizing that we're, 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 we're moving away from your, from your martial arts journey and we're heading straight into a Black Belt meeting, which is why I'm going to say, before we wrap up today, I am going to have Claudio come back for a Black Belt meeting where we're going to talk about um, more philosophies of martial arts and, cool. um, and applications. And I think it would be awesome to have, since you mentioned Jeet Kune Do so much, I want to get my other friend who's a Jeet Kune do practitioner, maybe we can do like a, I do these meetings with like three or four martial artists sometimes. So maybe I can bring him in and, and we can talk about, about that, about similarities and, and differences. I have two, I have two, I have one Kaju Kembo guy who does works with JKD guys. And I have one strictly JKD FMA guy who I think would be fun to, to do a black belt meeting with.
1: You could uh, also invite uh, Robert Thornton. I think is his last name. Robert Thornton. He's one of uh, Seifu Fairclough's uh, black belts. Uh, uh-huh. We studied together a long time ago, and he he's he's done it all. He's been doing it for years, and I think he holds a very high rank in Jeet Kune Do, And oh, he, cool. he studied um, uh, Philippine martial arts. is a very famous uh, teacher. Anyway, um, you should get him in, in in it too. It'll yeah. Be very very. Interesting.
0: Yeah. When yeah. we're uh, very good, I'll uh, I'll get the info. I'll get the info yeah. from you. And I'll contact them. Yeah, so before we wrap up, anybody who's been listening to this for this period of time, who is not a martial artist, now great. Thank you for listening this long. <laughs> Hearing us ramble about something. You have no right. idea what we're talking about. Right. Yet. <laughs> <not listening. laughs> but, but what, what kind of advice would you have for someone who's, who's looking to start mar- their martial arts training? Um, and they don't know where to start. What, 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 what's, what's some advice you have for that person? That's tough.
1: Um, I would just say just start. <laughs> just start. Do some research um, so that you don't end up at a McDojo. But it's hard to know what is going to appeal to you or what's going to make you tick. You know what I mean? And even if you start it, there's nothing wrong with quitting. People quit on me. Um, uh, With that school or that teacher. As long as you continue the the journey, the martial art journey. Because that's what it is. You know what I mean? You need to find your own journey, your own path. Uh, That's all. That's what I've always done for myself. You know what I mean? If I'm interested in something, I do research on it. I seek it out. I train with that teacher or that school. And if there's nothing more to learn or I feel like there's nothing more to learn or I've gone to a different level, I need to seek out somebody who has more or who is more developed or is a master, then I would do that.
0: All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. Thank you very much, Claudio, for coming out, sharing your journey with us. And um, for my listeners, stay tuned for the wrap-up. Thank you. That's a wrap. If you want to support the show, hit subscribe on YouTube. It's that simple. It really helps me grow. Also, this show grows organically by you sharing it with your friends. So if you got through all of this and you actually enjoyed what you heard because you're a martial artist please share it with your friends share with your martial arts friends that's how you can help this show grow that's how you can help me and by supporting the podcast really appreciate it have a great week catch y'all next time peace